Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Secret Artists Podcast, the podcast where funny people do art and have a chat. Something for everyone, if you like that specific concept. I'm your host, Annie McGrath, and this week I'm joined by the fantastic actor and stand-up comedian, Eric Lampert. Very interesting talking to Eric about his amnesia and lots, lots more. If you want to follow us on social media, then you can see our artworks from today's episode at Secret Art Pod. Enjoy and see you on the other side. You got everything you need, got your water. I'm so ready for this. Yeah? I actually really am excited. Oh, good. I'm going to put the pencils in the middle. There's a rubber. There's a, a selection of new paintbrushes, paints, charcoal, <laughs> just listing things I can see. Um, <laughs> before we start, I'm going to read you an intro, if that's okay. Sounds good. Eric Lampert is a fantastic comedian and actor who has appeared in multiple TV shows and films, including Life's Too Short, Moonwalkers, Fort Boyard, The Spice of Life, A Propos d'Antoine, and lots more. (laughs) Very embarrassing French accent in front of you. He has been described by Fest magazine as a galaxy of brilliant silliness, highly disturbing, and by the stage as quirky with an eye for the absurd. I'm very excited about having him on the podcast. Hello. Hi, Annie. Hello. It's been sort of five years or so. Longer. Longer, do It does reckon? feel longer. But every time I see you, it feels like very natural. Yeah. You know, I see you and I go, oh, there she is. <laughs> Apart from the last half hour where I've ignored you while I set up the paints. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. Uh, you know, you kept me waiting. Yes, I did. And here well, we are. There Welcome. We are. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. I'm excited about having you on. So, um, talk- how's life? Yeah, it's it's been all right, you know. We've- you've been you've been on this side of the Atlantic, and I, I don't know what the UK is like anymore. The UK has gone from bad to worse oh, really? <laughs> every year, every day. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, officially well, I just UK. Broke the news to you that the Queen's dead. Yeah, I just found don't know out. If you knew. <laughs> you've been in LA, so <laughs> I don't know if it was real or just you know the it's propaganda true. machine. Yeah, they're changing the stamps and everything. Oh my goodness! Yeah. We, what about the money? That's the saddest thing about it. I've got I've got some British notes still in my suitcase have in LA. You? Can I, I have some? <laughs> um, should I should I be changing that soon? Yeah, I reckon so. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there's no money left here. But do we need to put Charles's face on the money because he's not going to be around that long? He's a very old man. Yeah, yeah. I would should say we just we're bypass? gonna have, we're gonna have another coronation. I reckon <laughs> in the next. Yeah, let's go from Queen to like George. So uh, talk to me about have you brought in a muse for us to paint? Have you got an idea of what you want us to paint? Yeah, I do. I, I was I was tempted to just leave it last minute. Not, yeah. not just tempted. It is last minute okay. decision. And it came from every time I come back, I mm. see a um, 
huge shift in the personalities or the, the, the people. The, the, there's an obvious transformation, right? Mm. So when you spend a lot of time with people, the, the changes are so incremental that you yeah. don't see how people evolve. But when you go away for a year, two, three, yeah. there's always something different about someone. It could be very subtle, right? Do I look really old. <laughs> you don't. You actually look like the same age. I don't know yeah. how time works, but who knows? Okay, you know? great. No, you look absolutely beautiful, Anna. Oh, thanks, Eric. Um, but um, you do see the, these incremental changes. And so there's there's something about transformation. That's, mm. That was the word that came to me, was, nice. uh, was transformation. Did you have someone particular in mind when you thought of the transformation or just like... Kind the, of everyone. Just everyone. Everyone I see, there's a little something... And sometimes it's drastic, mm. a drastic change. But um, yeah, it's 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 a beautiful thing to to observe. And and the same thing goes the other way. Yeah. When I come back, people see the change. Um, it's been really, it's been yeah, it's been really fun to see the evolution okay. of people. So cool. So transformation is Trans- our theme. Transformation is the theme. I love it. Yeah. It's very sort of conceptual, um, and I have no imagination, so I wonder what I'll do. Oh, trust your subconscious. Yeah. You do what, have what, Have you got an idea in mind? Of transformation? Yeah. No, I'm just going to let my subconscious just go for it. I love that. I really like when I just sort of watch my hand take mm. over. I'm okay. just going to start. Don't know where, don't know what it's going to be. I'd like to apologise uh, to you and the listeners in advance, but mm. I, I, think I, I think I struggle to do more than one thing at a time. That's fine. Oh, okay. Don't worry about okay, that. That's good. <laughs> it all works out in the edit. Uh, <laughs> so I know you found art a very useful medium over the last few years. I have, yeah. Since, in your words, crawling out of your amnesia. Yeah. Um, so f- four years ago, mm-hmm. 17th of March 2019, I woke up with amnesia. Um, everything was deleted from me. So that was... Terrifying. Terrifying. Um mesmerizing beautiful i mean all sorts of different emotions and i you know i remember not existing that's not a sentence that most people can say you did know. something specific happen to you that sort of triggered it all or? A, a sort of variety of different things um it, you know like imagine um let's say a spaceship that then suddenly goes through a wormhole like have you mm. seen the movie interstellar yeah. Where they go through a wormhole and suddenly the, the, the universe around them bends in such a way that they can experience more at, in one time. Like imagine a waterfall suddenly going through a very small gap so it gushes out. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing that happened to me. There was a period between I did hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. So between hypnotherapy and amnesia, the sudden uh, flow of time mm. was I was surrounded by synchronicities and coincidences that made it seem like my internal and external universe was communicating. I mean, it sounds, all of this, as I'm saying it, I go, this sounds mad, Eric, but it's exactly what happened, yeah. where I would think of something and then it would happen. So then I was like, Whoa. well, does that mean that I am thinking You're and manifesting, yeah, yeah. or am I preempting like a sort of clairvoyance? Either way, it blew my mind. And what, you know, when you said that everything was deleted, Yeah. what, how, how did you know that had happened? If you had no sort of memory of things that had happened, well, how- I mean, everything was gone. So, how did you realize that? Were people saying to you, "Remember that thing," or did you forget so, who you, who people you knew were? Or- yeah, everything around me. Um, wow. So, I, I woke up in my apartment, um, but I didn't know it was my apartment at the time. And the first thing I realized was I was able to move. So it was the very sort of nexus of consciousness. I mm. I realized 
but but uh, when I say I, mm-hmm. I don't mean I as an Eric. Mm. More like the I behind our personas, right? Mm. Like like you're Annie, right? Mm. But if you remove Annie and you remove like what you do for a living and you remove like mm. who your parents are, suddenly you just become a sort of shell, right? Yeah. Which is such a weird thing. But it's yeah, it's the 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 I behind the I. And wow. um, I I sort of woke up and I sat up. And my hands came in front in front of me and I realized I had control of my limbs. I had control of my arms. Mm. It was like um, if you've ever played a video game where the, 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 you have the introduction to the video game. So there's always like a little movie, let's say like mm. one minute to five minutes of, of a sort of exposition of this main character that you eventually play as um, from a POV perspective. And so... It's like I was turned on in this video game and my hands appeared in front of my visual frame. Mm. And I was amazed that I could move my limbs and I was amazed that I could move like a cup from one point to another. I was amazed that I could get up and go from point A to point B. So you felt sort of disconnected from your body almost or like your mind is separate to your body or like you or mind was controlling uh, That's that's sort of fluxed. Okay. So because at at that very point... I didn't know that I had lost all my memories. Right. No, there was no, there was nothing to fear. It was like just the birth of consciousness or whatever. I mean, th- th- it sounds a little too ethereal and intangible to to try and explain. Yeah, but yeah. But at that very point, Eric didn't. Eric was gone. It's even weird now to speak of Eric yeah. in the third person. But I had to reintegrate an identity because, mm. for example, to cross borders. You need a name. You need a passport. And so had I, you forgotten your name? Everything. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I know my name is because it's my ID was in my pocket. So wow. when they took me to hospital, I was like, okay, Eric. And in a way, that's still the case. Yeah, it's quite alien. Like, like now, when I look at you, I go, yeah, that's Annie. I re- I remember her. <laughs> um, but there's also it's like there's two people in me. There's yeah. the one that remembers not existing, and then there's the Eric that I used to be. It's weird, that right? It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is weird. <laughs> it sounds really scary. Um, yeah, it was. It was. Um, How did you nightmarish? Yeah. And do you feel like you're back to? how you were before or do you think that, that there's will no never, way there's, there's no way that's not possible it's not possible um you know like i speak to quite a few pals and stuff and and for them they go oh no you're the, you're the same eric you actually if anything you seem healthier happier etc so there's it's good i mm. i'm happy in that but i feel myself inside um wearing if you like the body of eric mm. is that like yeah it's like i'm puppeteering this corpse so it's um wow. yeah it's it's so strange very hard to and ha- uh, reintegrate to like norm quote unquote normal society. How have you done that? Have you had different forms of therapy? Yeah, it's quite hard to find accessible therapy in the United States. Like I've got a oh, huge really? I've got a huge medical bill. Oh yeah, of course. Um, and if you don't have money or insurance, then it's um it's quite difficult. Mm. But an interesting lesson into um what life is like in the U.S. It's, yeah, how uh, have you found it generally? You know, just like anywhere, I think there's pros and cons. Yeah. You know? Better for the sort of acting, writing world? Uh, no, I prefer it here. Oh, really? Yeah, I prefer it here. Just the US is so big. Mm. So I think that's one of the things. Um, but also just, you know, I, I moved to the US with a relatively good career. Like my career was pretty good when I before I moved. Yeah. Um, so I moved with a career and marriage and then I ended up unemployed and divorced. 
And then I had amnesia and then the pandemic happened. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a dream list. No, you know, and you know, if there is such a thing as American dream, then surely there must be something as an American nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the th- experience I had. Were but as a storyteller. Back here. Yeah. I mean, as a storyteller, I've, I've had it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've had um, it's a gift. Like, for yeah. example, as, as an actor, isn't it amazing that I now understand that my body is a machine mm. and I can take apart at will my sense of identity, right? Yeah. So I can become any character if I like. People pay thousands to go to drama school for that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like gifted in that sense, yeah. but also um, a strange kind of curse. <laughs> Ruined my life, but it's... Uh... <laughs> so it was, um, it was odd. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry all that happened to you. No, that's all right. It's, it's not your you fault, is it? You seem very well, though. Is it your fault? Yeah, I actually did put a curse on you before <laughs> you left. Sorry, I should have mentioned that at the top. Yeah. Um. So do you find with your art, you're inspired by all these sort of life experiences? And do you like creating work that's more sort of f- free and conceptual than, say, just like copying a flower or something? Um. Yeah, I enjoy... I enjoy just um, just just playing yeah. without any uh, necessity to prove anything. Yeah. Uh, Dan Harmon, right, the creator of Rick and Morty. Yeah. Uh, he said something once which I really enjoyed. He said, "Don't prove that you can write; just write." Yeah. And I think that's something that I used to. Um, it used to slow me down in my creativity was mm-hmm. was trying to prove that I can write a perfect script immediately, you know, yeah. or that I could uh, I could paint something like, you know, like Picasso immediately. Yeah. And then when I heard that, like, just don't, what, don't prove it to anyone. You're just only really, it. just do it. And as soon as that sort of came into my life, I realized, ah, just, just play, who cares? Yeah. It's really nice at some point we're all going to die, none of this matters. So it's really freeing mm. to just be like, oh yeah. Whether it's a, a masterpiece, yeah. Or really the worst piece of art that you've ever made. <laughs> yeah. It's all going to disintegrate at some point. That's true. So that's kind of freeing. Yeah. And harrowing. It's, it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds positive, but it also sounds scary. Life is a bit of a paradox. It's annoying. Yeah, I definitely find it hard to sort of start if I've got a big piece of writing or a script to do. It's like, yeah, the fear of failure is, it does hold me back sometimes, oh, yeah? I think. And same with this. Very scary, just not copying something, but helpful as well. How long have you been doing this podcast? Uh, Long enough that I shouldn't be scared of (laughs) painting something from my head. (laughs) This is series, this will be series five. Series five? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. You said you had a similar idea for a podcast that Uh, you never did. A long time ago, yeah. I I really liked the idea of exactly what you're doing. Mm. Painting something together and... um, and then just chatting. Uh, and I, I had the title Long Strokes. Yeah, I like that. Which I, I thought was quite nice. But um, never got round to it. And so, and you know, like ideas can can come through loads of creative people. You know, similar ideas can happen. Yeah. And then I just never got round to it. You got any art where you live? Do you own any? Yeah, there's a couple of uh, pieces that I bought from people on Instagram. Yeah. They, they were sort of, they, they were following me and then they commented on my art and I, looked at their work and they you know they're relatively unknown slash totally unknown people yeah. just doing art in the middle of nowhere in the US and I decided to buy some of their work great um, just as a way of just supporting art mm. but also I'd never bought art before uh, mainly because I've never really had a, a home or anything so 
Um, there's it's nowhere for me to hang it. Buy your first thing. Yeah. It feels quite exciting. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, there was that um, oh artist God. support pledge in lockdown. I don't know if you saw that. No. It's set up by, I think, a guy in America that was like, if you sell one of your pieces one of your paintings i think it was like everyone was selling for 200 quid you yeah. pledged to then buy another artist's work so the money sort of stayed within the artist's community oh that's great it's quite a nice idea yeah i tell you what it, it is really hard doing two things at once it is um, isn't it i'm really struggling <laughs> oh, yeah your art's great it's quite dark i think have people said that to you before well i think that came from the no one's ever told me that no but it's it I think it's come from the fragmented sense of self. Mm. You know, like my stand-up now is a real uh, creation from from that experience. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. I've become a broken record because of the trauma that I experience. Yeah, and I think a lot of people with trauma, you know, it, it's like that that mix of uh, of attempting to move on from it while it just being such a scar. It's just, it stays with you. And yeah. I recently heard a podcast, um, someone said, you can't move on from grief, you just move with it. Mm. Like, it, you can't ever let it go because it's got a hold of you. It's it's done. I realised at that point that, yeah, I should just make friends with it. Yeah. And then make friends with my little demon that's holding on to me. Yeah. Well, it's a huge thing to have happened to you without, I mean, it'd be weird if you didn't talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I'd like to change the bloody disc. But at the same time, it's every now and then it proves helpful to people. Yeah. And yeah, so, have you had people come up to you after shows who have had similar experiences? Yeah, or on podcasts or, or something like that, you know. Yeah. There's, there's not many people that have had amnesia and are privileged to be storytellers. Mm. And so every now and then I, I, I find the right words to truly explain what it's like to remember the, a world where no memories made who you were. Yeah. Because without your memories, who are you? Huh, Annie? Tell a me. Amen. Tell, yeah, I don't no, know. tell me. I wonder. I wonder. Um, <laughs> a sort of physical being. I don't know. Are you. Do you look at photos now of the time before you've had amnesia? And does that trigger you to remember? Or are you just like, do you see yourself and you're like, I don't remember that at all? Um, These are probably really basic questions. So no, sorry. Not, no, no, don't apologize. Um, no one's actually actually interviewed me, so you're the you're sort of the first. Um, it is nice to revisit memories, mm -hmm. and I I understand that it's me. Like I I appreciate that I'm looking at who I was before. Mm. But I suppose what's difficult. Have you ever seen a movie like Blade Runner? Yeah, you know where these androids have memories of who they are. Yeah, but their memories are implanted. Right. That's something that I felt. At uh, one moment, I, I didn't know whether all the memories that I had experienced previously mm -hmm. were simply implants, Westworld stuff. And because, you know, I live in Los Angeles, the movie-making machine, mm. a part of me was going, is this Matrix? Is this Matrix stuff? Mm. So it was really quite hard to just trust <laughs> to trust my, um, my past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, a great Edinburgh show. Great oh, Edinburgh show, gosh. yeah. Have you started writing it? I actually have, yeah. So do you gig much in LA? Not at all. What do you what do you do? S struggle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been really really hard. Um I um I was working at a treatment center for teenagers at high risk of suicide. Oh wow. For quite a while. And I enjoyed that. Yeah, um, that sounds interesting. It felt like I was actually of use because yeah. I think for for a while and 
potentially it's it's a mix of the amnesia, but it also was the pandemic. I lost my, not just my sense of purpose, but all of a sudden I was thinking like a clown and an actor. Like, what? what who cares? Like, how yeah. does that bring any value? And I, you know, relatively recently discovered that we really do provide a lot of value to people. Mm. Not only, let's say, at the very basic, we entertain, right? We make people laugh. We make them happy, even for a momentary, just a little moment. Mm. But potentially we're given a platform that we can be, you know, teachers, gurus, or whatever, like whatever kind of comedian we're going to be. Mm. We, we, we provide a bit of healing. Like I was in, I was in Laughlin, Laughlin Nevada for mm. a gig. And I was, I did my gig and it was fine, you know, normal sort of show. And I'm sat at the bar with, and I'm chatting to the waitress and there's a guy next to me and we're just chatting, right? And you could tell he's slumped, right? He's in his sixties and he's Mm. just slumped. He almost looked like an angry Benny Hill. Mm -hmm. And we're having a chat and at one moment the waitress says something. It was a really funny joke. We, we, We both laugh, but he laughed so hard that I saw him waking up. Right. Yeah, I saw I saw him getting younger. Like he he stood up straighter. His face, like his his brows, suddenly sort of lifted mm. from his eyes. And honestly, he looked twenty years younger. And there was a moment where I was like, "Is that the fountain of youth?" Yeah. And obviously, I'm not saying it is, right? But there was just a moment where if you can make people laugh, especially from the depths of a place where they've forgotten to laugh. Mm. You know, like when you hang out with your friends all the time at work, etc., you can sort of laugh almost every day. But some people ha- ha- are living their lives and maybe haven't laughed for months, potentially years. Mm. And if us comedians can find them and then make them laugh, ooh, oh, there's something very <laughs> exciting about that. Definitely. And so... What was the joke? I can't remember. Gagging I can't remember. And I even love that it didn't come from me, but that like humour and just great comedy can come from anyone yeah trick or treat smell my feet give me something good to eat hello it's me annie mcgraw from secret artist podcast interrupting myself on my own podcast to promote my gig annie mcgraw and friends which is coming up alarmingly soon at 21 soho on you've heard of it halloween yes that's right it's tuesday the 31st of october the spookiest night in the comedy calendar. And I've got an excellent lineup of comedians joining me Lloyd Griffith, Elf Lyons, Vittorio Angeloni, Bronwyn Sweeney, and Dan Cook. It's going to be a brilliant evening. I urge you to book tickets via 21 Soho's website. It starts at 7 30. You'll be home in time to trick or treat. Ooh, I'm scared. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you love what you do? Sometimes, not all the time. Okay. But I, do, I think, yeah, in terms of career paths, it's definitely a fun and exciting and can be a rewarding one. But it's not without its problems. Well, do you, do you have a, a you know quote unquote normal job or not? Or when's the uh, last so time I you've quit had? my day job last year? Oh, ace! I well, was working part time for an art sort of marketing company. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, that was quite exciting, and I had quite a bit of comedy and writing work then. But it's as soon as things get a bit quieter and you start. I think the good thing about having a different job is the consistency yeah. and being around normal people mm. um quote unquote normal but you know people who aren't <laughs> in the industry yeah 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 um, yeah i think it's quite healthy yeah i think it is quite healthy so anyway i've just emailed a food bank this morning so i might try and do some volunteering work like a few days a week or something oh, that's nice yeah all for uh my own benefit of course <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean you know like making you feel better about yourself it's like phoebe and friends saying there's no selfless good deed yeah but do you agree with that um i think it's a it's one of those paradoxes where it's it's both yeah you know and also what and what's wrong with making yourself feel good like if you if you as a person don't feel good how are you supposed to then enrich someone else's life that's true. You're meant to. Like selfish, for example, the word selfish has such negative connotations. Mm. And it's like, no, sometimes you've got to take care of yourself. Yeah. I, Hey. They're good at that in LA, aren't they? I feel like they're the whole, very good at that you in do LA. You got to do philosophy. that self-love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big LA thing. But I think I'm, I'm quite fortunate that I, um, that my hand was forced in that sense. Mm. You know, like, for example, just having lost doing stand-up you know a lot of people experienced it with the pandemic but mm. i experienced it just before with <laughs> broken record amnesia <laughs> i uh everything everything was taken away from me so now the sense of gratitude that i have from just being on stage yeah you know i'm so so bloody grateful um and so um yeah when uh when all of that happened i i sort of had to um had to be selfish yeah i didn't even know my name you know, it took me about two years to accept that my name's Eric. And then you might move back to the UK. It's I, it's not a might. It's a, it's definite. a definite because logically everything is telling me to move back. Mm. Um, not just career, but the, the social aspect, mm. uh, romance aspect. You know, there's mm. loads of different things that are... Um, calling you calling me back yeah. home you know when I think of home I think of London yeah for example so everything's calling me back but I am tr fighting this strange sensation this strange desire to to stay in the US what is it do you think but I don't know what it is What's I don't I don't even now? know if it, I don't even know if it's a self-destructive thing right like an like I feel like sometimes when I talk about Los Angeles I go oh, I'm in exile <laughs> which I don't think is very healthy <laughs> But it, it is what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and what about, have you still got family in France? 
I do, yeah. Well, half my family. Half but you wouldn't want to live there. Have you ever lived there? I can't remember. I did a little bit of Paris. Um, and with the amnesia, presumably that didn't affect any of your ability to speak. You speak English and French. Do you speak any other? Um, no, I've, I've, I'm learning a couple more. But you didn't have any problems speaking either language. So, yeah, the, so the language thing wasn't affected. Okay. I was able to access that. And my motor functions weren't affected. Uh, but everything else... Yeah. Um, everything else came through catalysts. So, for example, my, my neighbour found me um, mm. and was like, Eric, are you okay? And I, I didn't even know who Eric was, but she was looking at me. So mm. I was like, I, I, I remember going, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, like, I don't know what was happening. Like, I was sort of... Wow. Um, What's the word? You know, malfunctioning. When a robot's malfunctioning, yeah, it was that. And so she, you could, I could see worry in her face. So I then reflected that I was now worried because this person who supposedly knew me was, was showing worried me worried. Yeah. And she invited me into her house, and she was an artist. She is an artist. Mm -hmm. Um, and she had one of her paintings on the wall, and it was of a, of two babies, one black baby, one white baby, and. Um, the black baby was covering the white baby's eyes. Mm -hmm. And the, my first memory is of uh, Mallory Blackman's Noughts and Crosses. Yeah. Have you ever read it? I have, yeah. And for some reason, that's the first thing that came to back to me. Mm. And, in, and, and, and strangely, I didn't know whether that meant anything or not. Yeah. So suddenly, I, I, I'm transforming from this first memory yeah. of, of a book about how like realities were swapped and stuff mm. like that. And it made sense for me to think of that memory. And at the same time, maybe I made too much of it, but that was the first thing that came to me. Yeah. It's really strange. Interesting. Did you ever perform comedy in French? Yeah. Bef before you did it in English? Which uh, not before I did it in English. No. Um, do audiences differ? French audiences to yeah, Britain. Uh, and they, they differ, let's say, in, in France and then French Canada. Like French oh, okay. Canada has a British sense of humour, British right. American sense of humour, so I can translate it exactly as yeah. long as there's no play on words. Mm -hmm. And I kind of know that it would work in, in Canada. Okay. Uh, but France, there's this, it's different. In what way is it? Can you explain it? And you know what? No, I can't really explain it exactly. Uh, I, th I suppose, obviously, firstly, the, they come from a, a more theatre character background. Mm -hmm. So potentially there's that. So but the, but they there is stand-up. the sort of clowning side of things. To yeah, but they, they do have stand-up. So it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily that. But, like, for example, someone once said, one, you know, I remember one day I was, I was talking about drugs. And someone said, oh, you know, like French audiences, they look down on on that and I was like why and it's because artists are taken care of quite well in France and mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing right so basically if you if you've worked a certain amount of hours a year you can get paid like for example if you know if you, if you don't work all of May yeah. the government will pay you to survive wow because you're an artist I love that imagine that yeah. I mean, I just cannot ever imagine that happening. I love in the that, UK. but at the same time, I I like that artists have to struggle because, in a way, the pressure that we are put under forces us to create our way out of it. Mm. 
And I, I think through that struggle and that challenge, we often create our best work. Um, I don't necessarily think that we have to suffer mm. to create great art, but um, in my experience, sometimes it, it feels like um, some artists can get quite lazy because they're taken care of. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. No, so, be, because, so because of that, because of like the government taking care of the artists, they don't want to see the artists spending all their money on <laughs> drugs and alcohol, yeah. for example. So I think I, that's, that's what someone once said. And, and it's sort of, I was like, oh, that sort of makes sense. Portrait or landscape? Landscape. Hockney or Cezanne? Cezanne. Can you separate the art from the artist? <laughs> you just look so scared. <laughs> Can you separate the art from the artist? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Thanks. Um, can you separate the art from the artist? I think you have to. Because if, for example, I was to create a, a piece of art that at that particular time needed to come out of me. Mm. Like I, I made uh, a movie called Me Mori, which is Latin for let me die, but it's also a play on words, which is memory. Mm -hmm. And it's about half an hour long, um, maybe too long, but at the same time, there's nothing that I would cut out of it. Mm -hmm. If anyone wants to watch it, it is on my YouTube channel. It's mm -hmm. something that I'm really proud of, but it's also very specific of its time. It, it, it's like it had to come out of me. I don't know if you've ever had these experiences where, you know, like at one moment you sit down to write and it just flows out of you. Mm. But it had to come out of me. And I'm now a different person thanks to have, after doing that work, like a, like a shedding of skin, like a snake mm. or a spider. It had to just, I had to crawl out of it through making art. Yeah. And, you know, like for example, this, when Tarantino makes a film and everyone's just getting murdered, right? Does that mean that he's a murderer? Well, you know, no, right? But he still created it. It still came from his mind. Mm. So I, I don't know. There's a part of me that's, that thinks you, you have to be able to separate the, the art from, yeah. from the artist. But it's really hard because it also came from them. But I don't know. There's, there's Carl Jung talks about how artists are merely the instruments of the universe communicating with the rest of society. That's nice. And I, I really like that. Yeah. Um, but then it does mean that, you know, if you did a great show or did a great painting, did you do it? Did the universe do it? So <laughs> you have to take responsibility and yeah. and uh, and say, no, I did that. Shut up. The universe what did do you it. Think, sorry, this is not a quick fire question. Go on. Do you worry about the implications of AI on art? Um, uh, not really, no. Because, like, it's it's... It's trying to change something that you can't change. It's coming. Mm. Um, so you might as well use it for your benefit, yeah. I think. Um, like every now and then I, I, I tried chat GPT just to try it. Like when it, when it first sort of was in the zeitgeist, I was like, oh, what, what is this thing? Yeah. And it was just daunting and amazing. You know, like write me a 10-page script on yeah. this. And I just did it. And I was like, bloody hell. Like <laughs> we are all out of jobs, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um but there's something kind of exciting about the fact that you can't stop it. Mm. Like, you know, in that movie Deep Impact, at one moment, you know, the, the giant tsunami is coming to 
kill everyone and a couple of people just stay on the beach to watch it because mm. they're like, well, might as well just enjoy it. Terrifying. I'm looking forward to seeing what AI can do. You're going to be there watching, watching it stamp on us. Yeah, but also <laughs> I'll be part of the, I don't know which team I'm on. <laughs> and after the experience that I had, a part of me, you know, does wonder whether... You're a bit AI. Where I'm already... I'm already in the machine. Mm. You know, again, this is Matrix stuff. Like, I used to think Matrix is a movie, and now I go, oh, I don't know if it's a movie. I think potentially it's a documentary. It's a memoir about your life. <laughs> Frank Jackson or Jackson Pollock? Uh, oh, Frank Jackson. Absolutely Frank Jackson. Jackson Pollock just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sad clown or happy baby? Happy baby. Talk about or think about art? Ooh, talk about. Looking at a painting close up or far away? Oh, close up. England or France? Oh, no. <laughs> Don't make me do that. Like, I won't answer. <laughs> <laughs> London or LA? London. Painting from life, landscape or still life? Uh, lands- landscape. Private view or view of privates? Ooh. <laughs> oh. Uh, private view. Art or music? Art. Art or books? Books. Comedy or art? Oh, comedy. Oh, comedy. <laughs> Thank you. That's the end of the quick fair. Have you ever done life drawing with your opposite hand? You're right-handed, aren't you? So with your left hand. Yeah, sometimes just to That's practice, just to well. just to give um, um, my brain, like, because apparently, you know, like the, the, the red, the, you know, the right part of the brain deals with the, you know, that part of the hand or whatever. Mm. And so I, I give my, my two sides little practice mm. um i like the one where you can't take your pencil off the paper as well have you done that so you do like the continuous oh, yeah. line of the body yeah yeah then no, you I end like up that. with loads of lines on the page it's quite cool if you could own any artwork in the world which would it be oh good question i have the edward monk's uh, scream mm. tattooed on my leg oh yeah i think um, i knew that so um Nice. I, I, I sort of really enjoy um, uh, I really enjoy that painting. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't quite know why. Um, it's hard to know like why. You know when people say like, oh, you know, what inspires you to do so and so? It's hard to know, isn't it? Yeah, just do it. Um, I do love a bit of Edvard Monk. Have you seen The Scream in person? I have, yeah, in, 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 Oslo, in Oslo. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I was doing some shows there for Latter, oh yeah, I j- have just been there. Have you? Yeah. Did, did you do the club? Yeah. Oh great. Did la- great, innit? Latter, yeah, and went to Bergen, did a gig there, and Copenhagen as well. Oh lovely. They've got it all right in Scandinavia. Well, yeah. not all, but their their way of life seems generally like they've nailed it. Yeah, well, it's because they've got that that philosophy, the Jantelorven, uh philosophy, Janta's law. You know, that? it's something like, you know, you're not better than anyone else mm. um, just because you've got more money or whatever. So I think they they generally take care of their peeps. Yeah. Um, but I said that and I was like, but, you know, you still have like the King's Castle and stuff. So, yeah, clearly there are some people that have it better off. And it's 10 pounds for a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> but it's beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, the scream is good. Did you, when you saw your tattoos post-amnesia, were you like... Yeah, it actually did affect is, me. 
Yeah. Because I was like, what what I, what do they mean? What do they represent? Mm. And uh, it was a little bit like that movie Memento mm. where I had to, yeah, I had to essentially reconstruct an identity based on all the bits. So did you know what the scream was on your leg or were you like, I need to find out what that is? Uh, yeah, I did a bit of research on it, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, it's quite, yeah, it's a really surreal experience. And, and like, for example, I know that I'm here right now with you mm. experiencing this. I, I'm I'm aware of that. But there's a small part of me mm. that really feels like I'm elsewhere. Okay. And, and I don't know if that's in the machine where they took me when I had amnesia in the hospital or whether I'm still under hypnosis. Right. And all of this is my brain's way of self-regulating. Right, because I went under hypnosis to deal with some troubling um, experiences. Mm -hmm. So, am I still asleep? And this is just my brain going, "Oh, then, and then we'll we'll get you to meet Annie, and we'll have a nice chat, and then you go somewhere else we'll after." Do a painting, and then we'll do a little painting, which is a really <laughs> this this is something by the way that I endeavour to do is to complement my career in cinema and stand up yeah. with art therapy. Oh, nice. I, wherever I end up, like, you know, buying a house or whatever, I would love to have a little studio where I do art therapy for yeah. kind of all the ages. Um, That's a nice idea. Yeah, I'd love that. Okay. I think we first met around the time you were doing the Up Your Viva adverts. Oh, crikey. That was 2009. Was it? Yeah. And uh, that left a... In fact, in hypnotherapy, I dealt with three memories that... That was uh, one of them. Apu Viva stuff was one of them. Wow. Because it was my first bit of TV. So yeah. I was like, I just wanted to entertain people, be a clown, be silly. Yeah. And, you know, my beard makes it look like I'm handsome and I have a chin. But if you remove the beard, uh, there's a lack of chin. And, oh, God, when I smile, huge old gums. Right? <laughs> like, I look perfect for a clown. It's, I, mean, I have a clown's face. And so I used it, you know, and my face yeah. is right up to the fucking front of the screen. I was really in people's houses, you know. <laughs> and um, and because I didn't know the power of a catchphrase, I didn't realize how annoying the commercial was going to be. And so... That's not your fault, though. No, but I took the brunt of people's toxicity yeah. in, in the UK. Hundreds of thousands of people joined Facebook groups dedicated to, like, how ugly I was and, so and like, killing me. And, oh, my God. And some of them would directly message me with death threats. <gasps> I don't understand. Just because it's horrible. I... horrible. It was, it was a horrendous experience. And so I was scared of, like, sometimes leaving the house and then oh so God. many experiences... Of like, I wonder if it held me back because I said no to quite a few panel shows and stuff because I was like just nervous. Yeah, I'm not surprised that people would, you know. And I'd, I'd ask my, I'd ask my parents. I was like, oh, just don't go on social media or definitely change your name because I didn't want them to be receiving death threats mm. just because of my lack of chin. <laughs> Which and and what was weird is that as a comedian, I I took that right. I I made it sort of fun. I even had a fun Edinburgh show called Two Tickets to the Gum Show. Yeah. Where I just, I made light of it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realise that inside I was tortured by this uh, sort of experience. Yeah, it was really it was really interesting. Did it put you off doing any commercials ever again? Or are you sort of, do you feel like you're over the trauma, not over it, but do you, do you think you're ready to go back into doing something like that? I'm, yeah, I'm totally ready. Um you know, and I and I did do some work. It's not like it stopped me from doing work, but I was very apprehensive about what I should 
and should not do. Yeah. Um, and it made me very scared of like, it made me worried about other people's opinions. Um, and now I just don't care. Like once you've died once, who gives a shit? <laughs> it's very freeing. Amen. <laughs> Are you nearly ready to show? Okay, so it's a transformation. Do you want to show? Do you want to show yours first, or let's do it at the same time? Okay, da, da, one, da, da, two, da, three. Wow, yours is very beautiful. Yours is very beautiful. Yours is a sort of nice lady dancing. Yeah, you know, I think dance is a way for us to transform transform ourselves. Like I, when I have a like a shitty day or whatever, in all fairness, I actually it's do really it every day. Good. I put a bit of music on and I dance like in my house yeah. and stuff. I love dancing. That's and really so, um, nice. Has she got a sort of hula around her? No, that's the movement. That's, that's the movement. That's the, the swish, cosmic. Swish. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love the blue background as well. Thanks, mate. It's um, beautiful. I did a sort of... Um, transformation of a caterpillar yeah yeah, a yeah no i love that yeah the, it's it's like literal transformation it's very literal uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you um, eric no i love that it's been fun thanks for having me thanks for coming is there anything you want to plug just yeah go on my youtube channel yeah what's the there's it's URL? My, my name it's okay. just eric lamper yeah and then on there there's like a few things that i created from the amnesia and some mm -hmm. videos are like I'd say they're quite far out and quite explorative and yeah. experimental, and it's, it's weird. But I think it's it's what it's those videos that I think are too weird now. Mm -hmm. But in ten years or twenty years time, when I land all these big jobs or whatever, and I said not if when I land these yeah. jobs, right? That that's the the American in me. Yeah. <laughs> when I land these jobs, eventually people will be like, "Oh, I wonder what he'd been up to." All this yeah, time, yeah, yeah, you know, because people will say overnight success or whatever. And it's like, yeah. no, not really, <laughs> no, no. And it, these videos will be so weird that I think there'll be an interesting look into the evolution of who I eventually become. Yeah. So go on my YouTube channel. Yeah, that's the great. That's the thing I like. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Is there anything that you want to plug? Mm, no, <laughs> thank this podcast okay. <laughs> to the people that have already listened to it. Thank you, Eric. Nice to see you. Thank you to Eric and thank you all for listening. If you want to see mine and Eric's artworks from today's episode, then make sure you're following Secret Artists on social media at Secret Art Pod. Eric's on social media at Eric Lampair. I'm on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Annie McTweet. And on Instagram, McGraw.Annie and McGraw.Art for my art. If you want to leave us a lovely, lovely review, then please do so. You can also make a one-off donation via the link in the show notes. Thank you so much and see you next time. Goodbye. Secret Artists is a Turtle Canyon comedy production for Acast. Music by Alistair Clayton. Quickfire Round music by Steve Dunn. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.